Brian's freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Wire, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Well, what a start to September. Mike Lefko and Ryan Roland Smith in with you. Mariners began a 10-game road swing tonight, three against the Mets. Then they go to Cincinnati. That's going to be an interesting series. And then uh, Tampa, not the best ballpark to play in. I know you have you have some people down there. I've been there before. Yeah. So we'll see how the Mariners fare in uh, that artificial place they call a baseball stadium down in Tampa. So that's the uh, the 10-game road trip. Mets tonight. Then you have uh, kind of waiting on the Rangers and Astros. And you know what? This Mets team... They had a chance. They had a chance to really help out, and they didn't. They played the Rangers. They blew two games. Now, they luckily won uh, in extras to finish off that series, but they had that. The sweep was in hand for the Mets. Yeah, I feel like, too, the minute when Julio went down the other day and all of a sudden the energy just just was gone from the building for a good little part of that first game he was gone. You start glancing up at the TVs, and all of a sudden, watching. Yeah, yeah. The, the scoreboard watching was not fun. All of a sudden, the Astros are smashing, the Rangers are smashing. Like, oh, what has happened? What just happened within a matter of minutes? But uh, yeah, it was a yeah, rough couple of days on the other side of the country. Uh, Shannon Jerry is going to join us in a second, but before she gets on, how much fun has that been for you? And I'm sure everyone as well to have that secondary screen experience of not just the uh, the Mariners, but you have to watch the Rangers and the Astros, and you're just you're hooked, yeah. you're locked in. Oh, for sure. And a new team becomes you know almost like your favorite team for a three to four game portion of time. For sure, and and also too, there was a game I can't remember how many days ago it was, but uh, the Twins the Twins are down by five. Come back, tie it up. All those home runs. Yeah. Oh yeah, come back, tie it up. Like, oh look at this. That was uh, that was last Thursday. Last Thursday, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, extra innings. You're watching that, the bullpens just getting depleted. And then all of a sudden, they come back, win the game. So, so when when you're watching games like that, it's fun. But when you look up and you know the Astros are playing over there and against the Red Sox on the East Coast, and they're up by six, you're like, <laughs> oh, whoops. I'll tell you what, Monday night, yeah, they were, the uh, Red Sox were up, and the Astros, that six-run surge, that was a little disappointing. Uh, but right now, we're going to get some great Mariners insight from our Mariners insider, Shannon Dreher, who joins us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. Uh, Shannon, good morning. I have to assume, now correct me if I'm wrong, we talked to Gary Hill earlier, and he was going on a seven-mile run. I have to assume you did not go with him. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, so how has the New York stretch been there for you? What, uh, what have you been up to? I'm in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Well, even better. Um, good start there, Mike. Good start. East Coast, eh, whatever. Shannon, when you, let's ask a question that I actually will know that you'll know the answer to. When okay. you look at this race, this uh, AL division race, the Mariners, the Astros, the Rangers, what do you think it will come down to over this final month? Oh, um, that's a tough one. I, you know, I've really been looking at the Mariners and focusing on what they're going to do. I mean, my gut feeling and looking at this is experience is going to be huge. And so I think ultimately it's going to come down to the Mariners and the Astros, which I think is a scenario a lot of people would like to see. I think something to keep in mind is that what we have watched with this team over the last month in particular has just been, you know, a tremendous amount of offense. Got a piece coming out. Later today, and, you know, in looking and looking at things in writing the piece, they had a plus 68 run differential for the month of August. That is almost 30 runs higher 
than all the rest of their months combined. They've really been scoring runs. Uh, they've been holding and suppressing runs, even though we did see some bobbles here and there with the pitching. But the thing to keep in mind is is that this team offensively, and I don't think it's going to completely fall out, but the competition is going to get tougher. Uh, some of uh, what they have been doing is because of the wild success they have had against the fastball, and you're going to be starting to face some better pitchers right now that are going to have some better options. At the same time, I think that the Mariners' hitters' uh, kind of team approach gives them the ability to force a lot of pitchers into a fastball count where they have to throw one. It's not going to be as easy. I don't think it's going to completely disappear. So I think what we are going to see is I think we're going to see a lot more of the one-run variety games that we saw last year, uh, you know, perhaps the extra innings games that we saw. And, you know, they know what to do there. They haven't been su- successful with it uh, this year, but they also haven't been since they've started hitting in that position as much. So I think a lot of it's going to come down on how well the offense can execute when you get into that situation. And, you know, honestly, and this is another reminder here, I think it will be a, a good tune-up for the postseason. Mm-hmm. And something to remember is I hear so many people talk about, well, so-and-so doesn't hit well in the playoffs or so-and-so, you know, along those lines. Nobody hits well in the playoffs because you're mm-hmm. you are facing great pitching every day. You are facing the best of the best every day. That's who teams put out there. It will be difficult for teams to hit the Mariners. It will be hard for the Mariners to hit other teams. So, you know, offense becomes precious in the offseason, the ability to protect the runs that you have and also – uh, to sometimes you have to manufacture, and then you're going to need that hero. That's important. But to expect what we have been seeing offensively uh, going into September and definitely going into the postseason, don't. Don't expect that. But they have been able to produce at a better level. So, you know, ultimately, let's go ahead and say it's going to come down to health. It's going to come down to being able to maintain the pitching that the Mariners have had. And then it's going to come down to uh, just how much they are able to continue. Uh, I think hitting as a team, I think that's been important. The power has been important. That's been a difference maker as well. So you got to keep doing what you're doing and don't freak out when all of a sudden the results aren't the same. A lot of the times that's going to be because the pitching that you're facing is going to be a lot better than what you saw in August. Shannon, speaking of health, speaking of offense, speaking of all the good stuff, Jared Kelnick is coming in hot, right? He had his his, uh, little rehab last night, base hit. Seems like he's healthy, I mean, you know, from, from everything. Mark DeRosa, we heard a cut from him saying how he has to earn his way back into this lineup. How do you play it with Jared Kelnick? You bring him in, you look at this and say, all right, he's going to be the priority in in left field. It's kind of his spot, and then everything works around that. How, how do you play this coming back, and, and is it something that may disrupt um, what happens with how you build this lineup? Well, first, and they've been clear, it's not a matter of him just getting one or two games. He's been out for a long time, and so they want him to have his timing. They want him to be hitting when they bring him back, and you don't have to bring him back until he is. There's not a desperate need right now for his bat, and it's certainly a bat that's going to help you, but it's got to get to where he is, you know, the best Jared Kelnick he can be or something close to that at the plate. I think that when you bring him back, and it's going to be interesting, and I'm going to be watching where they play him in Tacoma, is do you bring him into left or do you bring him into right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that you know there is an opportunity to up the defense in the outfield if you feel good, and I think ideally you'd be looking at kind of that split in left field. Um, Dylan Moore you feel good about out there. Cade Marlowe you feel fairly good about out there. Dominic Canzone works into it too. Um, do you put Kelnick and Wright in that situation? 
Um, but one way or another, I think that you do have the opportunity to, um, you know, get Teoscar more DH days, which will help in the run suppression that we've talked about. I think it's just going to be a, a kind of bigger mix into the outfield, be it in left or be it in right. And I think that you'll have that extra player because I think the DH spot will be a little bit more solidified. You know, when we went into the month, you were DHing catchers. And you're not able to do that with Tom Murphy out right now. And you don't really need to do that, I think, if uh, you are looking at what Teoscar is doing and, and what he has been able to give offensively. So um, I, I think it's kind of a wait and see. I am curious to see where they put him, if it'll be left or if it'll be right. But it's going to be a mix. He just he doesn't just come back in and become the everyday left fielder because the offense is going to matter. And they've had you know tremendous production from left field since he went on the IL. And uh, I think you'll be looking at the mix. The question will be, and you won't see it until probably September, but uh, who goes when he comes back? Well, Shannon, uh, great stuff as always. Thank you. I appreciate the time this morning. You got it. All right. That is our Mariners insider, Shannon Dreher, and you can hear her beginning at 3 o'clock. Mariners pregame before the first game of the series against the Mets, a 4-10 first pitch. Logan Gilbert and Kodai Senga on the mound. It's going to be a great pitching matchup. Yes. Uh, we'll dive into that a little bit more, plus everything you need to know around the schedule in baseball this weekend. This is the Brock and Salk Show on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. We're one month away from the end of the regular season. It's September 1st, in case you didn't know. Uh, the season ends on October 1st. So one month left, and the Mariners are in first place, 76 and 57. The Astros right there in a tie, 77 and 58. And the Rangers a game back, 75 and 58. All three teams were off yesterday. They began series today, including the Mariners at the Mets. Start of a 10 game road swing. Logan Gilbert for the Mariners, Kodai Senga and his ghost forkball for the Mets. You can hear it beginning at 3 o'clock with pregame coverage on Seattle Sports, a 4-10 first pitch. The Rangers host the Twins for three starting at 5.05, and the Astros, they got a pretty nice stretch here, Ryan. 15 of their next 21 at home with a series against the Yankees and a 5-10 first pitch. Can that make a big difference? I mean, all these home games down the stretch yeah, here. Yeah. for sure, especially to obviously... You know, guys who've been there forever, I mean, it made a lot of different memories, especially in the month of September. It makes a massive difference. The the, the Astros are the team that scare me. Gary Hill Jr. agrees. Shannon Drea tends to agree. Anytime I, I talk to her, they're the team you got to look out for. But talk about home series. Get to that last week. Mm-hmm. Get within a game. Even if you're a game or two behind in front, doesn't matter. It all has to go through Team Mobile Park. Yeah, the Mariners have not lost a series against the Astros yet this season. Eight and two against Houston this year. So that's what you can hang your hat on. They have won the season series, and they'll see them again at the very end of the season. Second to last series of the year. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, rosters expand to 28 today. First day of September. Uh, we don't have an official word yet from the Mariners. We'll get that announcement before the game starts. But uh, Seattle Times reporter Ryan Divish was in the clubhouse and noted on Wednesday that Sam Haggerty was there getting set to go on the trip with the team. So you can likely assume he's the position player they're bringing up. Uh, not sure exactly who's going to be the pitcher because Divish also reported that Adam Aller was there in the clubhouse. But then mm-hmm. the Mariners claimed Dominic Leone off waivers yesterday. So you're going to have one of those guys probably as the additional pitcher. But yes, the Mariners, along with every other team, get to add another pitcher. 
another position player as the rosters expand to 28. Yeah, I think, first of all, you know, you heard Shannon talk about Jared Kilney. They're going to take their time with him before he comes up. But on the pitching side, um, you know, Justin Hollander mentioned this the other day. They said they need someone with a little bit of length, someone who can go multiple innings. So I think that they're going to shuffle that that last spot in the bullpen in and out. They're going to have, you know, guys are going to get Arizona once the AAA season finishes. They're going to get down to tri- uh, AAA so at the end of September. Excuse me, down to Arizona and stay warm. But basically, it's going to be one of those situations. If you throw two or three innings, guess what? You get an option out, buddy. That's the way it goes. And there's nothing worse when you're in the bullpen knowing that. Oh, frequent flyer miles. Oh, there, yeah. You know, going to Arizona, coming back to That's where right. the Mariners are. Uh, a couple more key waiver wire moves that could affect Seattle in this division race. The Reds claimed outfielders Hunter Renfro and Harrison Bader. And the Mariners began a series there on Monday. And the Guardians grabbed... Every pitcher available, Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Matt Moore. Now, Cleveland does play the Rangers in a series in two weeks. So that's the only team in this race that will face Cleveland and their big haul of pitchers. I guess they're trying to make up ground in the division five games back uh, of the Twins. So maybe Cleveland has a push in them. But hopefully they just play spoiler there uh, for the Mariners against the Rangers in a couple of weeks. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, Seahawks had their final practice before game week. They're now off until Monday. Devin Witherspoon, Jamal Adams, Daryl Taylor, and Derek Hall all did not practice yesterday. But on the other side, the Seahawks' week one opponent dealing with some injury news of their own. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he, got a, he got a little um, got a little muscle strain, so we're kind of taking it day by day with him. I would probably call it a setback. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. To be available for the opener? I think we're taking it a day at a time right now. I guess a name would help there. That's uh, Cooper Cup that uh, Rams head coach Sean McVay is talking about. So his status may be in doubt for the opener for the Seahawks that is coming up on September 10th. So certainly some time to heal there. A couple other things you need to know. The ACC presidents and chancellors have voted to extend formal invitations to Stanford, Cal, and SMU. So the Pac-12 has officially been uh, completely picked through the remains are Washington State and Oregon State, and now they've had deserters go to the Big Ten, Big 12, and ACC. And I don't want to forget to mention what Ronald Acuna did last night. You took a guess. You were right on one part of it. The getting married part. Yeah. That was the good thing. That that was the biggest thing, that right? Was the getting thing. married? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Do you think, you think that's bigger? Or hitting a grand slam to get to 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases, the first guy ever to do that. I don't know. I mean, ask some of our Texas. I mean, what's what's the bigger deal? You get married or do you well, hit you hit 30 plus and 60 plus? A lot of 60. people get married. No one else has hit 30 and no, 60. It, and it's you know what Brock would say? Right, yeah. Rock one. thinks you're a more valuable person in life if you're married. There you go. Well, he got very go. excited one for Logan Gilbert. So how, does wait, 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 wait. how does that make Ronald you feel? How does that make Ronald Acuna could be the MVP, but he's not going to be valuable <laughs> because he wasn't married until now. Wow. That's essentially what the, the vibes Justin and I have. Got. Yeah, so right. one of the great Fair covenants, enough. you guys. I'm surprised hmm. you don't know that. <laughs> how does everyone feel besides me? <laughs> oh, you're talking to the only married person in the room. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm very valued. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing: stolen bases. Love it. Bring that back into the game. Uh, I love the fact that you got a guy like Acuna who the, the Braves are not like, hey, shut it down. Don't try and swipe those bags because I think it's going to – hopefully, I'm hoping, you know, they're, they're trying to incentivize the running game more. When you see a player like that do it, people start to follow suit. Young players start to follow suit saying, you know what, I want to be as athletic, as fast, as dynamic. And that's what makes the Braves so potent. Talk about the home runs, that's great. When you got Acuna over there at first base and you got to worry about him getting in the scoring position, the quality of pitch has changed. That's how you get all those home runs as well. Now, here's a question for you. Because the AL MVP race seems like it's sewn up by Otani. But if Julio puts together a month like he just had, if he does it again, 
If he does that for all of yeah. September and you have this recency bias of August and September and Otani maybe not doing as much because he's not pitching and who knows what he's going to do well, batting the rest of the season. So if Julio does that, does this become a, a two-man AL MVP race? I think Otani numbers-wise doing both locks it up in that regard. Now, if you have a situation where, where people get start to get biased in the fact that it matters if you're in a playoff race team, the Angels definitely are not there. What would it take? Okay, so Julio, so you're talking hitting, what, 290? Let's say he finishes up hitting 290 with how many home runs are we talking? Finishing up with what? How many home runs RBIs? Ooh. Some of those big numbers. What do you have to add? He'd have to add maybe like 13 more okay. in a month. Oof. We'd put him to where? What, well well over 30, at? right? Mid-20s now? Yeah, so yeah. Ooh, pushing, to, ooh, pushing towards 40 yeah. home runs. I don't know. I... I I like the fact that there is more bias towards teams that are players that have been more valued because their team is right where they're at. So basically, Julio has to start stealing bases to get to Acuna's level. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. He's at 25. You think about it, though. 21 wins in the month of August. And a lot, whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, Julio heating up the way he did, starting down in Anaheim right after that trade deadline, did all the good stuff when you're talking offensively, whether you like it or not. It's made for a great storyline. Yeah. Uh, a record-setting month, 21 wins for the Mariners. And I, I know we're all excited to see how they follow it up. It begins tonight, 4 o'clock first pitch, 3 o'clock, or 4.10 first pitch, 3 o'clock pregame here on Seattle Sports. Uh, up next, we're going to open the phone lines. We're going to take your calls, 866-979-3776. Uh, Ryan has never done this before. So be nice. Come with good questions. Come with fantastic insight. Your first time uh, taking calls here. Welcome. Welcome to radio. Welcome to sports radio in its finest element. But want to get your thoughts on how you feel the AL West will be determined and whether you're nervous, excited, or (laughs) what range of emotions you're going to experience down the stretch here. So that and you also threw out a second question. We'll, We'll throw out two questions there to call in about if you'll be disappointed if the Mariners don't win the division. Right. I want to hear what people Even if have they to make say. the playoffs, will you be disappointed if the Mariners don't win the division? A lot to call in about. So uh, call in when we return. 866-979-3776. This is the Brock and Salk Show. Mike Lefko, Ryan Roland-Smith in here on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Mike Lefko and Ryan Roland Smith with you here for uh, twenty plus ish minutes, depending on how we feel. Now we'll turn it over at ten to Bump and Stacy. It's going to be a great day of sports talk here, leading up to a three o'clock pregame show and a four ten first pitch. But we do want to take your calls now on the Mac and Jacks text line eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. And uh, Ryan, this is your first experience, so kind of go something like this. We'll go out to uh, Maddie in the four two five. Matt, how are you feeling about uh, this final month of the season? I'm really excited for what this team has done and the grit that they've shown. I'm a little nervous about Houston not falling off at all and kind of doing what they always do, which is come on strong at the end of the year. I don't think Texas really has the pitching or bullpen to uh, to make a run uh, the way that maybe the Mariners or Houston can. And uh, I think that, you know, going into the other question of, would I be, you know, disappointed if they didn't make the uh, the division title? 
I, I would, and it would be mostly just because of the fact that you get that buy. You're able to set up your pitching staff a little bit better to kind of match up who you're going to be playing, and you get a little bit more rest at the back end, especially seeing what the team has done and kind of the tear that they've been on. Getting a chance to rest some of those players might be paramount at the back end. Good stuff, Matty. I appreciate the call. I think that's a fair point, too. Yeah. From a competitive advantage, right. that's where it would sting. that You don't get that time off. Yeah, well, well, it goes both ways, right? Like, just the momentum, too. I've heard from guys say, hey, man, you have these days where you, like, you have all this buzz going in, then you're kind of sitting out doing these workouts, you get a little bit complacent in those three days, as opposed to getting those constant reps and, and the the noise and, the, and the, the momentum shifting into that next series. I mean, we saw a little bit of that from the Houston Astros facing the Mariners. So th- on that side of things, uh, that, to me, I, I think they're better off. I, I want them to win the division, don't get me wrong. But the way this team's kind of built and, and what we're seeing now, who knows what you're going to see in the next couple of weeks. But, man, if you can ride that momentum – it's huge. I think, too, you're going to see, as soon as they add that extra pitcher to the roster, you're going to see someone mop up a bunch of different innings, right? In games where all of a sudden they get a five-run lead, that takes the pressure off the bullpen. The bullpen is going to have their, their spurt, that good week, where they don't have to be pushed like they have been with some of these injuries as well. All right, we'll go out to uh, Issaquah, Robert at Issaquah. Robert, how's it going this morning? It's going great. Um, I just wanted to say that um, Mr. Smith, that, uh, I've actually, when I lived in China, I went to Newcastle, um, yes. Australia, there's a golf course there, and it was one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in the world. I was oh, like, nice, I don't want to go home. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, um, you're from a very beautiful place. What, what, what was the golf um, course? Do you remember the golf course? No, was it Merriweather, was it? I, I can't remember, sir, because I was kind of a okay. newbie when I went there. It was just because my friends over there just kept on bringing pints and pints of beer. It's like, oh, come, <laughs> you must. Standard, yeah. I was like. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm from Seattle. I can handle some. But anyways, um, I just wanted, like I mentioned to your, um, the screen caller, that I think it's great that the Mariners are going to be making the playoffs because I, I solidly believe that we're making it. only thing that's going to bug me is if we just go one and out mm-hmm. like we did last year. Kind of, I, I think we did. You know, We beat Toronto. But you know, just, I want us to go deeper into the playoffs because we have, I think, and I don't know if you guys will agree with this, but I think the Mariners have what we called in the 1980s or early 90s, the big three of Atlanta Braves pitchers. Um, Galveston, Schultz, and I forgot the Tom something. Those three set a record for just how awesome they could carry a team. I haven't seen that in the Seattle Mariners pitching staff ever. No offense, Ryan, but I have never seen that. We have three pitchers that are just they're actually making history that we haven't seen in 80 years that's how come i would be disappointed if this team right now does not go deeper in the playoffs yeah good we point. have the yeah. pitching yeah it's a great point thanks yeah. robert appreciate the call uh we'll go out to vancouver aaron and vancouver's on with us uh aaron how do you feel uh, about this mariner stretch and uh, will you be disappointed if they don't win the division uh, yes, I will be disappointed. And uh, real quick, Hyphen, just want to welcome you to uh, Interactive Radio. <laughs> yeah, with, thank uh, you. The, with the, with the, with love the it. callers. I um, love it. Yeah, like I shared with Justin, you know, it, like, like Coach Green said, they are who we thought they were. They should have won the division, or they should win the division. That was the expectation, I feel like, a realistic expectation. And yeah, I'd be disappointed. I mean... A first round buy and all the other perks that come with it, 
Um, I mean, you know, I kind of, yeah, making the playoffs great, you know, and, and, and who knows how deep we'll go, but I, I just kind of feel like a wild card would be a caveat. Yeah. Well, you thanks, I mean? Aaron. Yeah, appreciate the call there. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I just – and, you know, Robert mentioned the one and done, mm-hmm. right? And obviously the, the last couple of calls we've talked about that. You've got to think of it like this too, right? So you went through from 2018 up until now. You've had this rebuild and all of a sudden now you've, it's kind of come to fruition, which is not easy to do, right? So a couple of things. If you do go a situation where last time last year they beat the Blue Jays, they beat by the Astros, right? So they don't quite get to that next next phase of it. This year, then free agency, nothing. Nothing going on. No – uh, big free agent signing, right? Then you go into a situation where you go one and done again, go into the off season. We know how difficult, this isn't a great free agent class, by the way, right? You go into the, the, the off season, yeah, money, years, everything else, right? Otani, who knows what's going to happen there. But recruiting those players is difficult too, to send them up to Seattle to say, you know what, this is a team I want to be on, everything else. You have to get deep into the playoffs for that aspect as well. And you also have to get deep in the playoffs to tell ownership front office to say, no, no, this is the core of players we're sticking with and we're going to ride this out and create a good five-year stretch. Because if you don't, man, all of a sudden they start pulling away the pieces and they, I'm not, and I hate to say rebuild, but they start pulling away what we have right now. It's all right, important. Sean is out in L.A. Uh, Sean, how are you feeling about this final month of the regular season for the Mariners? Hey, guys. Uh, love listening to you and Great to have you, Ryan. Um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I am actually scoreboard watching. Uh, I'm not only that. I'm listening to Texas Rangers games. I'm listening to Astro games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last time I was scoreboard watching, I used to wake up, go to Cafe Vita, get some coffee, and snag the Seattle PI, <laughs> and actually look at the newspaper for scoreboards. Um, this has been incredible. And yes, I'll be massively disappointed, but the last 10 years I've been down here just listening to the games on radio and the garage and the background. And, you know, it's nice to hear everybody, but man, I'm actually invested. Um, and this, it makes me a better baseball fan. Um, I'm actually following other teams. And, um, one last thing, I'll say this, listening to, uh, Rangers and Houston games, our commentators, our 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 color guys are kicking their butts. Let me tell you. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks for the call, Sean. Uh, it is a good point too. It just even though it could be disappointment at the end of the season if the division isn't there, don't forget to get excited. Like enjoy this ride for because sure. it could have been so you know, part of it, right? Like the yeah. ten, the you know, the years you were there. No offense, but no, you're, you're right. not competing for the division. Me? Yeah, That's so all right. you had the the baseball that was pretty much irrelevant in this final month of the season. Now you have something where, like Sean said, and we've talked about this, and uh, we've talked about it on Mariners broadcast that we're actively scoreboard watching while the Mariners are warming up. Uh, this yeah. whole week, they had the Astros Red Sox game on while the players are warming up before the A's game. They, everyone, the whole crowd was uh, clapping when the Red Sox took the lead briefly mm-hmm. against the Astros on Monday night. So you are locked in, you are invested uh, as a communal experience that sports provides. This can be uh, uh, kind of the best here. I do wonder to look, you go back to. Comparing this year, and I'd love for people if they can text in as well if they were around. If they remember, 
1995. How does this compare to that run? Well, we're taking calls too. So I know, call. yeah, I know. But to 1995, when you, because I heard some stories back then, different, obviously a different era. That's for sure. In the mid 90s, the best decade of all time. By the way, I will say, grew up in the 90s, best ever. But <laughs> um, Abercrombie, best Abercrombie and kids. <laughs> yeah. You got him off. Track. Oh, you yeah. did, you did. But no, um, I, I'd love to know how it compares. Because yeah. I, I heard some stories, man, about that stretch and how awesome it was. Because this, don't take this time for granted, too, these last couple of weeks. We can sit here and go, oh, they don't win the division. This sucks, whatever. This is all part of it as well, this this next month we we're about to watch. in Montana, in my little town of Montana, used to have neighborhood house parties to watch Mariners games in the mid-90s. There you wow. go. Bring it but back. Exactly. Bring that back. Ways. Exactly. Have that, your that, parents bring it back. Uh, let's uh, keep the calls going for a second. Creates though. a generation of baseball fans. Yeah, I, don't, I want to get to all the callers here. We got to get to ranked, and everyone wants to hear that. So uh, we'll go out to Moses Lake, Joe, and Moses Lake. Uh, how are you feeling about this final month of the season? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good, like most Mariner fans. And yeah, I would be a little bit disappointed if we didn't win the division because it's kind of ours to lose. But I look at the schedule, and we have a tough schedule coming up. And then I looked at Toronto's schedule, and I get kind of nervous. I'm just hoping the Mariners keep it rolling because I kind of expect Toronto to make a little run here uh, based on their schedule. And, yeah, they've been there before too. Mm-hmm. But it's about, all about getting in. Um, I feel like the Mariner team, is they're scrappers, man. You put them on the road, they're going to throw an elite starter out there every night. And, you know, with the young arms that are probably end up in the pen, we're going to have an electric pen. So I'm just getting in. I just want to get in. And that one and done stuff isn't correct. We beat Toronto and we gave Houston everything they could handle, man. We almost, you know, it was just kind of unfortunate how it ended, but we gave them a quite a run. Yeah. And I think we're better this week, so I'm excited. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, appreciate it, Joe. I will sneak in one more caller here before we get over to ranked. Uh, Colin in Tacoma. Uh, Colin, give me your thoughts on this Mariners' final stretch, this final month of the regular season. Yeah, I'm real excited. Will I be disappointed if they uh, don't win the division? Yes, but is it real disappointment compared to the last 20 years that we endured? No. <laughs> Um, getting in, I think, is the biggest part. And like I said, if we don't win it, we're going to see those boys because we're making a deep run, and I'm not really scared of them. I believe in our boys. We are truly entering the golden era, uh, the new golden era of Mariners baseball, and I'm I'm just excited that we're hopefully going to get to see back-to-back years in the playoffs. Uh, so disappointed, I don't know if is the right word, because uh, like I said, I'm just so happy and enjoying uh, this run, and I'm very excited for the team. And I got one question for Ryan. Ryan, we've talked a couple times before. The Dingers boys in Tacoma really need you to come fill in for softball. Once <laughs> We're going to get the to come out. We need a ringer. Playoffs are coming up. Okay, listen. The, the biggest thing holding me back, and if you hear me talk on the radio, you know how much of a cheapskate I am. If someone can throw in some, as we call it in Australia, petty money, petrol money. We call it petrol in Australia because that's what it is, petrol. Petty money. If someone can throw oh, some man. gas money my way to get down to the camera, I'm in. That's it. That's all I need. That's what's holding me back. We will do it. Can I email you? Because we will make this happen. Yeah, Venmo. I, I, yeah. Venmo <laughs> yes, e- email him. I'm sure they can get a collection going and give you some gas money, Ryan. Come there you on. go. All right. Well, Colin, thank you. We'll, oh, we'll make sure that boys. happens. Yeah. Uh, appreciate the call there. Yeah, I, I think you're right. This is... Uh, this is considerable excitement. It's going to be a fantastic final month, and I'll understand the natural disappointment if the division slips away. Because right now, the Mariners sure. are atop the division, but the bigger stage 
happens in the postseason, and the Mariners have put themselves in a firm position uh, to do just that. Sorry, do you have a quick thought before we get to rank there? Real quick, yeah. someone mentioned Maddox, Smoltz, or Glavin. I think they were yeah. referring mm-hmm. to that with the Braves. You think about it like this, too. Gilbert, I'm talking Gilbert, I'm talking uh, Kirby, I'm even talking Bryce Miller. I'm, I'm throwing him in there as well. You think about these young pitchers, they're all of a sudden, every year they're going to be pitching like playoff slash pennant chase baseball. You talk about that, what do you say, that new golden era of yeah. Marin? Man, this is a, I know we're focused on 2023, but you talk about the next three to five years. It's exciting. Going to be a lot it of really fun. Is. All right, uh, time to get to ranked. How to sneak it in here. Let's do it. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwumfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Well, Ryan, you've already made Mora's day because this is a very economical, condensed version of ranked. Because he understands yeah. the definition of the word ranked. We got to it a little Not just bit a late. Gigantic list of everything <laughs> you could think oh, of. Yeah, uh, Justin's okay. like, yeah, I got to defend the honor of ranked back there, but uh, a little bit shorter version of ranked because we appreciate all your calls. So we were pushed back just slightly, and because we have the guests do the honors, Ryan Roland Smith. Well, I did uh, have, by you the didn't way, do the full comprehensive catalog of music that Salk usually does. Well, I did have the top five. Of, you know, Aussie sitcoms of the 1990s, but that got passed somehow. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that didn't make the cut. So, honorable mention there for Ryan's rank, the top five uh, Aussie sitcoms. But no, we're going straight to it. We're not even doing honorable mentions. I know. The goal, the audacity to just get to a top five in ranking things. So, uh, Ryan, we were talking about <laughs> round of applause there. Round of applause. Everybody's got their process. Yeah. Uh, I think Maura took a bow back there as well. We're all thrilled. We're just going right into it. You came up with your top five moments Mm -hmm. from August, from this record-breaking month that the Mariners just put together. And the stretch which has propelled this team to where it's at now. Let's get real, man. You go back to July compared to August. Okay, so what is number five for you? Let's uh, let's start it off. Number five for me is when Julio Rodriguez, believe it or not, hit that three-run bomb in Kansas City. Here's Julio Rodriguez, the stretch and the pitch. Swing and a fly ball. Deep to left field. Way back goal. the Mariners a 5-4 to four lead here in the top of the eighth inning. The reason I say that moment is because that series against the team that they should have taken care of was a battle. Even when they won that second game of the series, they lost the first, they won the second. They're walking in the clubhouse and it's like, oh, should we play music because I'm still disappointed with the way they won. But that moment right there, Julio just going crazy, come from behind win and that, guess who they're playing next? The Houston Astros. I don't mm-hmm. want to drop hints about one of my rankings yeah. here. But that moment to me, going back to that, was a massive catalyst to the stretch that they went on, especially in that road trip as well. Yeah. All right. uh, Number four for you. Number four, speaking of home runs, big moments, Cade Marlowe hitting the grand slam down against the Angels. Now the stretch. And the 0-2 pitch swing and a high fly ball. Deep to right field. Renfro going back to the warning track, looking up and Grandma get out the right, Brad and Mustard. It is Grand Salami time. Kate Marlowe with his first career Grand Slam straightaway right field. And it's now the Mariners 5 and the Angels 3. The reason I picked this moment is because, first of all, the Angels were still in at this point. Remember, they made yeah. all those trades mm-hmm. and they've just got rid of half of them. This is right after the deadline. Right yeah. after the deadline. And I'm, I'll admit, 
when they didn't do anything at the deadline except for basically sell off one of the biggest assets in the bullpen. I'm looking at this going, oh, man, we're just waving the white flag. Then they go ahead and go and sweep the Angels that made all those moves, right? And that, again, this is early August. You have the bottom of your lineup, a guy like Cade Marlowe coming up against a really, really tough bullpen, showing that all of a sudden, one through nine, man, there is a threat all up and down that lineup from even, I'll throw Mike Ford in the mix here too, a couple of big home runs in this month. And also Rojas, Cade Marlowe filling in for Jared Kelnick, who we're going to see in a second. That moment to me was like, oh, here we go. All right. We have some depth here. We have some offensive depth. And again, starting that month off, they settled in offensively. Everyone was kind of in that mindset like, okay, we it's on us now. We're not getting any help from the trade deadline. It's on us. And they just got got down to it. Okay. What's number three for you? No, number three, Castillo. <laughs> That game he threw, 47 straight fastballs against the White Sox, putting me, putting him, excuse me, at the top of that rotation. When you talk about who is that ace, Castillo, starting pitching, love it. 2-2 two, two on the way, and a swing and a miss for strike three, and he strikes out Colas, and he strikes out the side here in the bottom of the fifth inning. 13 in a row set down by Luis Castillo. What a night here on the south side of Chicago. Isn't that kind of remarkable? You go back and like, oh, it was it was all fastballs. Yeah. Now it's two seam, four seam, so a couple different For varieties sure. of fastballs, but still, just they throw the same pitch essentially over yeah. and over. Man, they just got done sweeping the Astros. Luis Castillo comes out. He was a bit bumpy in the first couple innings. And I'm like, oh man, and I still had a couple question marks about Luis Castillo at certain points in this season. And then I think, hold on a minute, he hasn't missed a start. He's been healthy all year long. And he's had some stretches, man, where he's just propelled this team and this rotation. And just watch it. That was just straight dominant, swing and miss. Love it. That was a big yeah, moment for me. That was, that was fun. Uh, what about number two? All right, number two, I have J.P. Crawford returning to the lineup after the concussion. Yeah, he had a big moment to uh, start off the series against the Royals. J.P. Crawford will lead things off with a swing and a drive. Deep to right field. Waters back looking up. Goodbye baseball. He did it again. J.P. Crawford ambushes the first pitch of the game to right away give the Mariners a very quick, and I mean quick, one nothing lead over the Royals. Now, I get it, man. I mean, he, he had the concussion, lost him there for a few games, and the Mariners were killing, right? And and JP and Julio Rodriguez, who was hitting 216 in the leadoff spot before he went on the aisle. Now he had to slide back up to the leadoff spot, and he was smashing the ball. But when you have a situation where now you have that one-two punch, you have JP who can, who can get six, seven pitches per at-bat half the time and can all of a sudden go deep. He's hitting the ball way harder. You have that. Then you got Julio right behind it. Pitching to that is a nightmare to start a game off. I just think JP Croft with that energy, that presence, coming back in with his bag over his shoulder after the concussion, little um, you know time off back in, in Chicago. You can just see everyone's face light up. Awesome moment. All right. Got about a minute left. Okay. Uh, num- what's your number one? All right. The Seattle Mariners sweeping the Houston Astros for so many, so many reasons. But big moment. They're looking to get a half game behind Houston in the West. 1-2 to Singleton, swing and a high fly ball center field. Julio Rodriguez underneath it. He makes the catch and the Mariners hang out and win it. 7-6, to six, they sweep aside the Astros here in Houston. You go back to that last game, Emerson Hancock, you know, with the injury, mm-hmm. the bullpen has to cover. The, the Astros started surging back, just like we've always seen at Minute Maid, but the bullpen held on and then Gabe Spire getting his first save. He just looked absolutely dominant. We're, I'm looking at this guy, man, we've got like our third, fourth, fifth best guy in the bullpen coming out and just 
dominating that last inning. It just sent a message. Martin Maldonado said, look, that was a slap in the face. All of a sudden, the Mariners had said, all right, your time is up. Your time where you're absolutely reigning in the AL West, it's over. We're here now. This is what we've got. We've got this depth and we've got this presence. That was, to me, number one moment for the month of August. This was perfection, and there's rave reviews on the text. I was going to oh, say, good. I, I can't even... ever, pre-10 a.m. chills. I, I can't even add this? anything. Yeah. What about the cans on bat flip? Yeah, I mean, there were no. so many moments. <laughs> well, they lost that game. But they lost so, that yeah, game, yeah, so that's It was sick. Game. we, we got to finish on a perfect note. That was a great way to finish. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Job, thanks Ryan. to Gary Hill. Thanks to Shannon Dreyer and Bump for uh, chiming in on Blue 88. Uh, you're going to hear a lot more of Bump. It's Bump and Stacy coming up next. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710 and the Seattle Sports app.